Why bother with sandwiches when all the hordes want is cake and chocolate biscuits, I say. Lizzie, who's a food puritan, and is at that moment cutting up carrot and celery sticks, gives me a contemptuous stare. As a concession to Lucy's birthday, she's permitted me to buy two bottles of Coke, which are to be handled as if we're letting the party girls loose on vintage champagne. The birthday cake was more problematic. The year before, Lucy had set her heart on a cottage, having been bargained down from an elephant or flounder from Disney's The Little Mermaid on the grounds that they far exceeded her mother's cake-baking skills. But the cake had been a disaster, at least in Lizzie's eyes. Clearly, she'd have had problems if she'd become an architect. Her charmingly rustic sponge cottage would not stand up and had to be supported by flying buttresses made of chocolate Swiss rolls. Lucy had been delighted with it, particularly the chocolate props, but the public unveiling of it in front of the mothers had been humiliating for Lizzie. So this year it was a simple one-layer sponge, decorated to look like a pond adorned with four marzipan ducks, one for each of Lucy's ears. It's more naive art than near realism, and I reckon that the ducks look quite duck-like myself, though Lizzie's not so sure. The idea was flagrantly ripped off from a neighbour of ours, a fine artist, who six months previously had delivered an epic table-sized cake mapping out Treasure Island for her toddler son. Heating this work of art was almost as sacrilegious as the thieves who'd stolen Edward Munch's masterpiece The Scream and had threatened to eat the painting if their ransom demands were not met. Lizzie couldn't wait for Lucy's friends to make her far less accomplished work of art disappear forever. Between us we could muster four degrees, two from the University of Oxford, and a full deck of very highly graded A-levels— but we'd both dropped art long before GCSEs to concentrate on our studies, we told ourselves, but in fact because we were playing rubbish at drawing. No one ever told us then that to be a good parent you needed to be able to bake a cake or, even worse, design one. But if Lizzie was in her own personalised hell of cake-making, I was matching it in struggling over preparing the games. Past experience told me that pin the tail on the donkey—just how do you draw a donkey?—pass the parcel— crucial to have a small gift secreted in each lair, I've always thought. Musical statues and a treasure hunt would use up all of ten minutes and leave the guests in a state of frenzied excitement even before the promised feast of hula-hoops, kick-cats and e-numbers pushed their energy levels and grumpiness into the stratosphere. And just what music do you choose for musical bumps? Not too slow, not too fast, and probably not Leonard Skinner. And then disaster strikes. Lucy, who now that she is four, has decided it's high time she learned how to slide down the stairs on her stomach, manages to give herself a nasty carpet burn on her cheek. She is inconsolable because it hurts. We are inconsolable because it looks like we'd walloped her across the face. I think my abiding memory of the party day is of Lucy dressed in all her party finery, sitting clutching her little mermaid toy, Flounder, watching a video with a big red mark on her cheekbone. Of course, the party is a breeze. Five of the remaining phases, the arrival of guests, the giving of gifts, the playing of games, the birthday tea, and the mums arriving to collect, all pass by like a well-practised ritual. The cake goes down a storm. The children love the games, mostly because the gamesmeister, i.e. me, is the most competitive person in the Western world, who, having missed out on his vacation as England manager, rules the jumping and running fest with an iron rod that makes the Fabio Capello regime look mimsy. No one cared that the party bags were miserable and cheap, 
because the ten pence worth of sweets and paper bags were masked by the ingenious trick of getting the children to decorate their own bags after their tea, and no one was sick before the mums arrived. Phase seven is collapse, but not, of course, until after Lizzie and I had thrown away industrial quantities of half-eaten sandwiches, licked chocolate fingers and heaps of discarded carrot sticks, and then blitzed the wreckage that was our sitting room. And then we have a treat to look forward to. Because both Lizzie and I had been working so hard, me at my job at the BBC, where I had several days' leave to use up, Lizzie masterminding the completion of her about-to-be-published book, and our Easter break had been totally screwed by my getting tonsillitis, we tell the children that tomorrow we're going to get up early and go to the seaside for a couple of nights. Because I have a paranoid fear of traffic jams, we get up at the crack of dawn, load the car, and drive to Swanage, where we'd booked an expensive hotel, by our standards, sitting on top of a cliff with steps right down to a sandy beach. Given that the sun shone constantly, and that we spent most of the day on the beach building...